Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. We appreciate everybody still listening and learning from us. Um, the growth we've seen recently is pretty amazing and kind of insane, mind blowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> we are your hosts, though, Jordan Porter and Yvonne Brandenburg. Hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, no, our growth has been crazy like we had the little dip during covid which it sounds like a lot of podcasts did but now we're definitely picking up picking up speed again yeah it's crazy looking at our numbers because we definitely dipped during covid and and it was funny because we kind of had to reach out to some people and be like you know is this is this because we're doing something weird or what is happening and and like jordan you know like you're saying it everybody was kind of seeing a little bit of a dip and um i think people are in a better headspace. Yeah. <laughs> well, <definitely. laughs> in a different headspace, I guess I should say, um, and able to kind of process things again. And so, yeah, our, we, it's crazy. Cause we just hit uh, 10,000 downloads, which whoop, whoop. I, I is uh, so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, and it was really funny because Jordan and I both had um, a meeting yesterday for the executive board for AMVT because we're both on there and um, we were trying to be very good about not <laughs> reacting to the fact that we hit 10,000 while we were in the board meeting. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, Oh crap. I, I, I have to pay attention, but I really want to have this discussion with you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind it's of like a little mini, happen. like eye contact celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody else had any idea what we were doing, but we're like, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, luckily, I mean, like thankfully, and I mean, graciously people left us reviews asking, mind you, everybody wanted a sticker. Hey, I'm, <laughs> but- <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to bribe people with stickers. It's, it's totally fine with yeah. me. Yes. I can't <laughs> wait to get my stickers. I know we, we sent out our first batch last week to people who reviewed, um, or shared the podcast. Uh, so definitely, you know, not only do we love sharing the reviews on the podcast with you guys, cause thank you. Um, but we are also, if you, uh, give us your shipping information, we will send you an amazing sticker. And speaking of shipping information, before we actually read the reviews, we fixed the shipping to international like Canada uh, and yeah. So we apologize for anybody who's trying to order some of our swag out to Canada. And you said you fixed it to, I mean, like it should go to Australia and everything too. Yeah. There was this weird setting that it it was on the website instead of the um, company that makes the products. And so it was just this weird, it looked like it should go everywhere according to the people that make like manufacture the stuff. But our pod or our website was not set up to allow it. So I had to change some settings. And um and, and speaking of, you know, huge thank yous first for helping me fix that. Uh Kristen 
was very gracious and kind of worked with me because she's in Canada um, to to check to see if she could order because she was like, I'm trying to order. And so, yeah, it was. um, And I think Matt had an issue with ordering stuff. So there was a couple of people that had order order issues and so hopefully now it's fixed and it won't be an issue but you know if you if you do run into anything like that please let us know because we just you know from our end it looks fine but we're not in a foreign country (laughs) so it's not letting us check to see if you can order it like from other places but i think hopefully now it's all fixed and so if you want a mug or a sweatshirt or a t-shirt you should be able to order it now. Yes. Or so we have other posted. stickers on there too as well. Yeah, we do. Um, oh. These, uh, the uh, podcast stickers are not available on our website. They are only available either in person. <laughs> so if you see us in person, ask for one. Or um, we can send you one for for being awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. So kind of getting into the reviews then. So just me 277. They said, love these podcasts. I got out of the field recently, but love being able to keep up on the things through these podcasts. Thank you, Yvonne and Jordan for the informative podcast. And then Mel Rain, Mel, Mel Rain left a... Yeah, so these are, by the way, these are the Apple IDs because we don't actually see names. So if you, you know, you want to put your name in the review, you can, but otherwise we just get some Apple IDs that sometimes make no sense to us. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I like it. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Mel Rain left a podcast review saying, great podcast. I'm a veterinary assistant in school to be a veterinary technician. And I love the way they break things down in ways that it is easier to understand. They are fun and really enjoy their work as well. And you can tell. <laughs> yeah. I, yay. <laughs> we try. I, I, it's fun because we get to talk to people, um, you know, in the Facebook group and stuff like that. And I think that's one thing that everybody's been like, just giving us feedback on, which is awesome mm-hmm. that we're not dry and stuffy. Um, sometimes I wonder if I'm too silly and laughy and giggly, but that's okay. Jordan, Jordan, you know, keeps it, keeps it on the down low with the, the giggling. So um, on Facebook, Squishy Davy, by the way, I love the name. <laughs> I'm like, who's Squishy? I want to know who Squishy is. Please let me know who you are because I feel like I should know you, but I don't know who Squishy Davy is. And then I just I picture like, it reminds me of finding Nemo. <laughs> That's awesome. So, anyway, they used the podcast to help review for the VT&E and passed. Whoop, whoop. Yay. Congrats, whoop. Squishy. Uh, <laughs> awesome. You should celebrate a lot for passing the VT&E because I know that can be very stressful. <laughs> I, I joke about it frequently that I was like, man, I remember when I passed the VT&E and I was like, I'm never going to do this again. And then I did it again last year. Right. <laughs> Just a little like, bit differently. Yeah. yeah. Just a little, <laughs> little bit more stressful. <laughs> like, yeah. Just a little bit. But I didn't have to um, know exotics on that one. <laughs> right. Yes. And then Liz Shoden, I'm sorry. I'm sure I did not say your last name right. But shared the podcast in the VTNE review group. Said we break it down to help make it easier to retain, which is awesome. Thank you. I do love that feedback. Jane Thoman posted some amazing images about a broken stent she was dealing with at work. That was really cool. If you haven't seen that post, go to the internal medicine for vet techs podcast group page 
it's in there. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm excited because, um, Jane and I have been kind of talking offline, which is fun. And, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to convince her to do a case report. No, that's really cool as well, which is really cool because that case is, is just super fun and everybody really responded to the images. Um, so I'm excited to work with Jane. Um, and well, I feel like I should be happy and sad at the same time. I'm very conflicted today because she was supposed to sit for her BTS this year, which is supposed to be, was supposed to be like in two days. No, it's supposed to be tomorrow. It's always on Tuesday. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, it's tw- yeah, it's usually on a Tuesday. So this is June. We're recording this June 8th, which is <laughs> Jordan and I were supposed to be in person right now and hanging out in a really cool place and doing some amazing stuff while we were together. But no, we're not. We're separated because of COVID. Um, but Jane was supposed to sit for her boards tomorrow. And so we, we talked about that and I'm... Uh, but next year she'll be, she'll be sitting, but, uh, she, I mean, congrats on even getting the opportunity to sit. So, I mean, like that's, it's such hard work. So congrats, Jane. Um, we will see you next year because we will be there for sure. We have plans. Well, both Jordan and I have to be at ACVM next year because we're both on the executive board for AMBT. Um, but either way, I think we would want to be there just because, um, yeah, it's internal medicine. Why would, why would we not want to be at that conference? For sure. Speaking of <laughs> conferences, you know, great segue right now. Um, so what we are talking about this week is upping your game. So going beyond just, you, you know, the quote unquote, just a veterinary technician certificate. Um, so instead of, I mean, like we talk about it all the time, just ways to try to feel a little bit more valued but not for anybody else for myself really like i i was gonna say it's like empowering ourselves in our profession exactly exactly so there's a lot to do better i did a lot of research for this episode yeah and we're we're gonna do it's it's a small series it's not gonna be like our usual six episodes on a topic i think we're only doing three episodes Mm -hmm. um that is just And we were doing it in celebration of ACVIM. Um, We're just going to talk about ways that you can get more from your career. (laughs) Yeah. Get more from your career, be more valuable for yourself, for your clinics, you know, and not feel, because I, I think that's one of the things that's hardest about sometimes being a veterinary technician is I know I've gone through it a couple of times where you just feel really stuck. Uh huh. Yeah. You don't, and you're like, well, what the heck else am I going to yeah. do? What's next? Um, um, like, yeah. And you want to push yourself because I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like you go through tech school and you get your associate's degree, right? Most of us get associates. Some people get bachelors, but once you have your associates, you know, that is the start of your career. That is not where you're going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, I think it's really important to remember that we're continuously learning and continuously evolving as technicians. And that's why like the vet tech oath, that's part of it is that we want to continue, you know, to up our, our, our game, um, and provide better care to our patients, provide better, better care for each other as well. Um, so just, just remember, I know for those of you that just graduated or just passed your VTE, 
that's the first step in a long, long career. Cause we want to keep people in this career. We don't want people leaving after what is it? The average is five years. Yeah. It's something, something like, like that. that, which I was talking which about really sad. to someone else the other day. And then they were just like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan and I have plans, yeah. Yeah. but you know, it's hard because in order to stay past five years, you got to freshen you, you it up. You can't just, yeah, you can't just keep doing the same thing unless it's, you're doing something that you are totally passionate about. But even when you're passionate about something, you get to the point where you need to, I think feel, have that satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. And it's like feeling rewarded. It's, it's like worth, yeah. when you live in a house for a while and then you just like, you're like, I like my house. I really like my house, but I need but a I different need a color. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like, it, it's just, yeah. you know, it's like currently like, I like my job. I love my job, but you yeah. know, when, before I got my VTS, I was like, mm, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. so anyway, that's what we're going to be discussing this week is all the different certifications. I, I did a lot of research for this, trying to figure out exactly what is being offered out there. Um, of course we have the VTS status that we can talk about. Um, there is a difference between a society and an academy, um, which we talked about this before. And I think in our like, who's who episode. Yeah. I feel like in one of our very first episodes, we, we started talking about this yes. um, cause it was vet tech week. And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a few now, but, but each year I feel like a new one is added oh yeah as they get you know it established which is awesome which because is really cool there's so many places that you can specialize in in our field um and what i'm going to do which too, is why they created the academies yeah exactly and what i'm going to do too is on our show notes page i'll have the websites for all the academies because it'll take too long to kind of go through what the requirements for all these academies are but I'll put it in our yeah. show notes. So if you're interested in getting your VTS in one of these academies, then you you can have the link to that to try to look it up. One of the important things to remember too about the different academies um, is that NAFTA has has formed. NAFTA really is the the entity that I guess houses all the different VTSs. So they they have a committee for vet tech specialties that there's very strict requirements on how to form an academy, how to get members in an academy. And so I think it's really important for us as VTSs or, you know, people who want to get VTSs to understand and support NAVTA for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not, it's not a different organization. It is NAVTA. And that's one of the things that, that I love about them is that they um, are promoting becoming specialized. Um, so, so that's just one of the things to think about and you can go to their website and see all of the academies. Um, and they also list all the ones that are up and coming. So that's, um, it's, it's a good resource to kind of keep, keep in mind. Yeah, exactly. So kind of running through the academies, we have the Academy of Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care Technicians. We have the Academy of Veterinary Dental Technicians. We have the Academy of Internal Medicine Veterinary Technicians. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> we have the Academy of Veterinary Technicians in Anesthesia and Analgesia. Um, the Academy of Veterinary Zoological Medicine Technicians, which is freaking amazing. I 
I think it's cool that they have that. I, know. I mean, the Academy of Laboratory Animal Veterinary Technicians and Nurses, the Academy of Veterinary Behavior Technicians, and the Academy of Veterinary Clinical Pathology Technicians, which is crazy. I would mm. love to do ClinPath stuff like more detailed. I something. would love to learn more about yeah. it. I don't think I'd want to. I don't think I could. I don't think I'd want to do it like 100% of my job. No, no, no. <laughs> but I think because we're both hematology nerds, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably why we like it. Definitely. <laughs> then we have um, the Academy of Veterinary Technicians in Clinical Practice. So that's like our GP VTS. It's super right. important. That's that's really important to remember. Like if you are in GP, you can get a VTS. Exactly. So you can get a VTS in clinical practice. That that to me is huge because that was a relatively newer one when I was in GP. Yeah. That was not an option. Otherwise, I 1000% would have gotten that one. Exactly. Um, so don't think that if you're working in a GP, you can't get a VTS. You 100% can. Um, and not... Not that I am this crazy, but you can get multiple VTSs. Yes. So if you're at the moment, you're working in, you know, a GP, you can get your VTS in clinical practice. And then once you're like, I need something more, (laughs) you know, switch to like go into specialty or you go into, you know, whatever next part of your career, you can get another one, which is kind of amazing. Right. Um, and then you have the Academy of Dermatology Veterinary Technicians, the Academy mm-hmm. of Equine Veterinary Nursing Technicians, the Academy of Physical Rehabilitation Veterinary Technicians, which is awesome, again, because I know a lot of GPs do rehab stuff, um, the Academy of Veterinary Nutrition Technicians, nutrition every time, it's important, I'm telling you. Um, what else do we have? We have the Academy of Veterinary Ophthalmic Technicians, the Academy of Veterinary Surgery Technicians, the Academy of Veterinary Technicians in Diagnostic Imaging, which is relatively new. Yeah, those are all the academies that you can get your VTS in. So there's several options. I mean, that covers a lot. (laughs) So whatever you're passionate about, you really can, uh, you know, look into getting a VTS, which is you know, it's, it's another step up. So again, um, checking out the NAVTA website to see, you know, what your options are, because it, it, it does, it is a process, <laughs> um, you know, from start to finish getting your VTS, as long as you, you know, get accepted and pass and everything, it's a two-year process. So I think I took, I'm going to say three to four years to really kind of from thinking I was going to do it to getting it. I don't know. What do you think, Jordan? How long did it take you? When I like, but from when I started thinking about getting one, <laughs> like thinking about seriously getting one, you know, like you're like, okay, I'm going to start planning. Yeah. I'd say probably about three years. Cause I probably planned for a year Yeah, and like had my little binder just Did, like before I started the application, then the application itself. That is very true. I, I kind of had a binder and everything. Did you, did you go to ACVIM before? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. So was last year your first ACVIM? Yeah. Oh, dang girl. I know. We got to get you back. <laughs> right. Oh, ACVIM. Why? I don't why even why remember. I can't be there this week. I don't even remember 
remember what triggered me into thinking about getting a BTS other than, like I said, I went to that lecture from Ken Yagi. Mm. And then I think that's what like kind of opened my eyes to like doing better <laughs> and like getting a BTS and stuff is like, I was just at a conference and like he lectured and then it kind of blew my mind. And then I went to another lecture and I listened to some cardio tech lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it was just the fact that both of the really good lectures that stuck in my brain were given by BTSs that I was like, I need to do this. Yeah. I remember, you know, going to lectures previously and it's, it's hard because the tech lectures, you know, some of them are super basic and you're like, okay, yep. well, if I was a baby tech coming in, cool, I would definitely get something from it. But if I'm more experienced that it doesn't work for me versus, you know, there's those ones that you're like, wow, this is not geared towards us at all. And, and it's supposed <laughs> yep. to be, and you're just like, mm. but when you have like a VTS or somebody who understands the subject really well, most of the times, um, I feel like they do, you're right. They, they make really good lecturers, yeah, which is what I, I love about going to ACBIM is hearing our VTSs. Yeah, exactly. You know, present yeah and then we kind of we kind of talk about societies a little bit and this is like not it's more of just kind of like a community to be a part of yeah it's kind of i think of it like as a special interest group like you have an interest in it but you know there's no certification or anything like that but it but it is a good thing to be part of if that's something that you're into yeah, exactly. And NAFTA recognizes a couple different societies. So the Society of Veterinary Behavior Technicians, the American Association of Equine Veterinary Technicians, the American Association of Rehabilitation Veterinarians, um, the Association of Zoo Veterinary Technicians, Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care Society, and the Society of Laboratory Animal Veterinary Technicians. So there's a lot of societies to be part of. And I think what I like about those is those are kind of like your good like stepping stone to seeing like if you're interested in those Mm. subjects Mm -hmm. and you're not quite sure you want to pursue the vts route but you want more information and you want to just learn more i think those are very good things to try to be a part of yeah i think for me um like i i'm a part of the emergency and critical care just because for a long time i kind of went back and forth between emergency and critical care and internal medicine because there's a lot of similarities, but then I said, I'm getting older. I don't want to be married to nights and weekends. So I went with internal <laughs> <laughs> But there is, there's a huge crossover between them. So like I, for oh, definitely. me, I'm definitely like still a member of the society because yeah, that's just, you know, there's no, I do like emergency medicine, but yes, the hours are not like, man, I have a hard time staying past, staying awake past nine. I worked right? a couple of ER shifts during COVID and I was like, and yeah. I even, I worked the shifts that I thought I could handle like the 6 PM to 12 AM, like just six hours to midnight. Ooh. Like I was like, I can do it. I can do it till midnight. And I was like, I'm so tired. Like I'm so sleepy. It's not, it's not for me. I can't. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely so a morning set in my person. Routine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I will be happy to get up at four 30 and be at work like, yeah. in the morning. Yeah, like, that's fine. Yeah, no, I I've done a couple of um, emergency shifts because of COVID and I had one that was until 
I think it was midnight. And I told, I warned the people I was working with. I was like, dude, I 100% will hit a wall at nine o'clock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it'll happen. I'll push through it, but I'm going to start getting sleepy because that's the time that I start passing out at home. (laughs) And they, and sure enough, nine o'clock on the dot hit and I started yawning and I was like, no. I'm so set in my routines. (laughs) Like I'm just like, kudos to all those night owls who can do that. Cause like. I mean, I can't do it veterinary anymore. medicine needs you. Yeah. <laughs> Lord it, knows I'm not helping. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Those, those texts are, I don't yeah. know. They sacrifice a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. But yeah. So those are a couple of the societies to be a part of. That's um, a good way to just, like I said, get your foot in the door and really just kind of feel out, like, a, like I said, not even having to like want to get your VTS, but just wanting to learn more and educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. Our next section is going to be based on certifications. I found a lot of certifications that we can get. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, the certifications, there's there's a million of them. And, yeah. And it really, I mean, just like with any thing that you want to do, whether that's school or, you know, certification mm-hmm. or anything, you just want to make sure that you do your due diligence and mm-hmm. research to make sure, you know, is this a reputable company Um, is it a reputable organization, you know, see if anybody recommends them. So, you know, we're going to talk about a few of them that we just, we know of, um, we're not necessarily endorsing them, but we're not, not endorsing them either. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have to say, I only have like, out of all the certifications we're going to talk about, I only have one of them. I I don't think I have any of them. Yeah. I've looked into a lot of them, which is again, why I kind of pulled the reins on this episode is because I've looked into doing certifications, by the way, are not like, yes, it makes your resume look better. Yes. It's cool to hang up a certificate at your work and say, (laughs) yeah, I'm certified in CPR or I'm certified in fear free. But a lot of times like I just do it for me. I like, yeah, I like knowing that I have that certification and it's just like, my boss appreciates it, but it's not something that I do for him. It's kind of like, you know what? I can bring this to the table to the clinic, but like, these are skills that I want to have, not like. Well, and, and it makes you a better technician when you have yeah, exactly. some of these other things. And so, I mean, honestly, that's what any continuing education is, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Elevate your game and your, you know, ability to help both you know, your, your patients and your coworkers and your clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, certifications are definitely a way to do it. Yeah. So the first couple certifications are administered through, uh, NAVC. So the North American veterinary community. So like I said earlier, I'm going to put all the resources. So if any of these certifications or academies or societies or anything sounds interesting to people, you can find it in our show notes. Um, but yes, NAVC offers the human animal bond certification. And I've looked into this just because I like the science behind like the brain and like just how, I mean, I'm a big dog person. I feel like there's definitely something special there. Yeah. Um, so basically this is just a course that kind of tells you the science behind the human and animal bond and then really how to maximize it to provide better care for your patients and really communicate better with your patients and with your clients. Mm. Um, So basically you can gain the knowledge to just kind of maintain and build positive bonds with your patients, which in turn your clients are going to be like, 
holy cow, Fluffy loves you so much and they normally right. bite men or something like that. Like it just really gives you a sense of meeting needs for hmm. clients and animals. Um, it is 22 hours of race approved CE. Mm-hmm. It's um, you get a printable certificate <laughs> to share with your practice or share online. You also get like marketing tools to just kind of help promote the fact that you have human animal bonds or certification. Um, I don't believe I got the cost on this one. Unfortunately, I have the cost on a few of these, not all of these. <laughs> well, and, and it's good to remember that these are the costs now, but they can always change. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's June, 2020, who knows what it's going to be in a week. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. always, you know, always go to the websites and check out, you know, what, what they have to offer. And yep. Um, I thought this one was cool too. I've, I've looked into pretty much every certification NAVC offers because I go to that main conference that they give. It's now called right. VMX, but it used to be NAVC and I have their tattoo on me. So <laughs> like, I just like, I like, I like the story for another part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a pet nutrition coach certificate. So this is not to go along with your like nutrition VTS or any of that stuff. This is basically um, the little snippet of this prepare, uh, prepares veterinarians and animal hospital staff. So this could be anybody um, with the knowledge and tools necessary to communicate and provide expert guidance for clients with their pets nutrition nutritional needs. So basically what it's going to do, it gives you a way to communicate with clients why you're recommending a certain food for your, for their pet. Yeah. Uh, to go along with what, what you're saying on that is I, I think nutrition, you know, we have to be very careful, um, because there is the nutrition VTS and that is a, it, just like any VTS, there's a lot of stuff that you need to do to get that. Um, and I get, uh, you know, I, I know my nutrition VTSs out there are gonna, or our nutrition VTSs, excuse me, they're not just mine. I'm not part of it. Um, but you know, there's very important to understand that there are certified nutritionists like, um, veterinarians. Then you have your VTSs that have specialized, um, in nutrition plus they have the medical background and then you have like these little certifications that they're good to have, but they're not a substitute for a nutritionist or a VTS. And so that's just one of the things that is really good to remember is yes, all of us should have a certain amount of knowledge on nutrition because again, every pet, every time we have to say that because we're talking about nutrition. Um, but you know, Again, it's not the same as having um, a nutritionist or VTS that is specialized in nutrition. And the reason I say Definitely. this is because there's those pet stores that certify their employees. And it drives me crazy because they're like, I'm a nutrition certified person. And I'm like, no, you're not. So um, again, do, do, do your due diligence, understand what it means and, and look for reputable you know, nutrition certifications. Yeah. I think this is definitely geared more towards kind of like, kind of like a good stepping stone. I Mm -hmm. can only see so much when researching these certifications, but um, 
it's still like, especially if you're new to the field or say you're like a client service representative and you're just like, clients ask me why I'm purchasing DD and I don't know. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, it's one of those things where like, it's just good education to have. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. definitely. So you don't say silly things to clients (sighs) because nutrition is one thing that because every pet needs it, it is difficult to have a conversation with, with a client again, no matter what level you're at in the clinic. Um, yeah. And this, I think too, is it's geared towards kind of trying to explain why we, they, why people recommend a certain like feeding routine. Mm -hmm. Um, also it's, it's one of those things where the clients, our job is to make clients feel like they can trust us. Right. Mm-hmm. So certifications are a good way to kind of do that. Even though, yes, we've come, we've come across those things where we're like, but it's not the same as like being a VTS in nutrition or something like that. It's still one of those things that's going to make your clients feel more comfortable discussing it with you. If, well, if, and you're going to feel more comfortable discussing yeah. it, right? Like if you have the knowledge <laughs> yeah. when they ask you, a weird question because clients always like throw me with some of the stuff they come up with for their questions. And so you're going to be able to navigate that easier when you have that education. So definitely. Yeah. And this program is eight hours of race approved CE. This one at the time of June of 2020, the program costs $199 per person, but they offer group discounts. That's not bad. I don't know what those discounts are, but no, it's not, it's not bad for eight hours. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's a good amount of CE. Yeah. And then the last one that NABC offers is a certified veterinary business leader. So these are for those people who are interested in more of the business side, the practice manager side. This is not the practice manager course. I will talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do have that on the list. Um, but this is just kind of like how to manage and grow a veterinary practice or animal hospital. It's, it's understanding the business of a veterinary practice and yeah, it, it, it helps yeah. you like understand like the finance side of it, management side. Um, so I think this would be good for people who are kind of not quite the practice manager, but maybe like they want to get there uh, someday kind of, yeah. Thing. Like maybe yeah. like they're a leader, like a, mm-hmm. a shift lead or like the veterinary technician, like um, supervisor where you're doing a lot of like the ordering and s- stuff like that. Um, like I like, I like that kind of stuff. Like I like to try to talk to my boss about like budgeting and when I'm placing orders and stuff like that. Well, you know what? We don't need this right now. We can wait until like the next billing cycle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think that's a good program to have. If again, if you kind of want to do a stepping stone into practice management. Yeah. Um, as I say, it's, it's good. I don't know, like understanding the business of our business is, mm-hmm. is huge because then you can see ways to potentially, you know, help save your practice and your doctor money for raises. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, that's always a good thing. Uh, but you can, you can kind of help, I don't know, like almost be a partner with your clinic. Um, yeah. I'm sure too, this and come up with ideas. In- yeah. I'm sure it probably gives you some insight too into like how to manage your Facebook for your hospital and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like things like Mm -hmm. that are important. Like you, that's how you get kind of new people in the door and you you get people to stick with you. Um, 
So this certification, actually, it's 20 hours of race-approved CE, which is kind of crazy. There is like an exam at the end, but all race approval has some sort of exam at the end. Right. Um, it costs $4.99 per person or group discounts, so definitely substantially more than the last one, but you're also getting more than double the hours. <laughs> so um, As I say, business stuff you can usually expect to pay more for, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I got to say though, for the business stuff, just being a veterinary technician, I always say that if I leave the field, I don't have a a degree to fall back on. You know how you can get Mm. like a, you can get a business degree and basically you can go work anywhere. Well, if I leave veterinary medicine, my degree is very specific for what I do. But if I were to get one of these certifications, even though it's veterinary related, it still allows me to maybe go somewhere else, like even a medical Mm. office and assist with like bookkeeping or something like that. Um, Or heck, probably even like a hotel or something. Right. It just, it gets, it gives me the option to not just worry about falling back on just my technician degree. True. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and the other side of the coin, if you wanted to get an actual certified veterinary practice manager, um, is it a degree or is it a certificate? It's a certification, it's a cer- right? Yeah. Yeah. But oh, it's right. like one of those ones that you can put the initials behind your name. CVPM. Like it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a VTS, but mm-hmm. for practice manager. Yeah. I think I looked at this one time because I, because so I was I. trying to figure out, you know, do I go into management or do I not? Um, and it, it very much felt like getting a VTS. I was like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds really, really similar. Um, I mean, the process requires completing an application, um, and then passing a written exam and then basically similar to a VTS, they want to evaluate your experience and your knowledge. Um, and then like they have like a set standards, like you have to, basically be employed as an active practice manager for a minimum of three years within the last seven years. So again, similar to like a VTS idea. Yep, exactly. They do require 18 college semester hours in management related courses. Hmm. I don't know the details on this, um, like what specific management courses right. or if they offer that through their program specifically, if, if it's required. They do require 48 hours of CE courses, seminars, whatever, specifically devoted to management, and then four letters of recommendation. So wow. yes, very similar <laughs> to the VTS <laughs> application, which yeah, is and probably why you get initials after your name if you do, right? <laughs> if you accomplish all this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I know, because um, I looked into it, I think I was also looking in at the time um, to getting my four-year degree in veterinary medicine. And I was looking at, you know, kind of how I wanted, what track I wanted to do, whether I want to do clinical management mm-hmm. or clinical management combined. Um, I think I started doing the clinical management combined track, um, but it was the same thing. I kind of went, do I want the certification? And then I looked at it and I was like, well, I haven't managed a practice for three years, so I don't yeah. qualify for that. Um, yeah, exactly. Whereas like, I can see you getting like your bachelor's degree with management yep. and then getting, you know, you, at, at that point, you're probably in some sort of management position probably. and then you could probably get your certified veterinary practice manager 
certificate. Um, yeah. Which I'm glad you that. touched on the bachelor's thing. Cause I do have that on here, but there was way too much to like, for me to like copy and paste <laughs> in there. But basically if we're going to kind of throw it in under the practice manager thing, getting your bachelor's degree in veterinary technology is like getting your associates, but then yes, you add in all those management courses that could yeah, depending on becoming, which one, which track you yeah. go to. Yeah, exactly. Like they have the options to give you either like just more veterinary medicine related stuff, or you can do the business management side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of your option with a bachelor's degree too. Yeah. And, and there's not, there's not a ton of bachelor's programs out there yet. Um, Mm-mm. but there, but there definitely are some, I was, I was, I actually started the online program. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up not completing it, <laughs> which I go back and forth on whether or not I'm going to actually do it. Um, it's funny. Cause I still think about it too, but then like, I hear, I've heard it, I've heard it said before. I can't even remember where, but getting your VTS in something is almost the equivalent of getting like a master's degree. And then I'm kind of like, well, getting a bachelor's degree when it, yeah, I don't remember where I heard that, but I heard that somewhere. Huh. Cause when I, when I kind of was going through it because I got my VTS first Mm -hmm. and then I started going to school and I felt like from a, from a like profession standpoint, I, I personally couldn't see opportunities, more opportunities with my bachelor's than having an associates with my VTS. Yeah. Unless you're going to do the business side of things. Right. Cause people look more at like resume for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I, I think that kind of falls back to like, if you got out of veterinary technology, even though you would have a bachelor's in veterinary technology, because mm. a good portion of it can be very business related, you'd still kind of have something to fall back onto outside of veterinary medicine with that. Yeah. Kind of how it makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had looked at it for, you know, depending on what I was going to do in the future. So, um, you know, again, this is looking long-term how you're going to stay in, in this profession. Exactly. I mean, like, Yvonne and I do it. How, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking for a year, <laughs> right? And we have lots of projects in the works, but like, I still see us in like another year being like, so what's next? <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like I'm saying that now. So. I mean, I'm, yeah, <laughs> like, I still look for other certifications I can get just because I don't know, it makes me feel accomplished. Like, I like getting CE, but I also like the certifications. There's something different about getting that, like, certificate that says like you are certified right versus just getting a certificate saying here's your two hours of ce for your license right. and then it means nothing as soon as you renew your license oh yeah there yeah so yeah it um i think that also speaks to our uh <laughs> what, what kind of personality our constant need to be doing something personality yeah, <laughs> like, that. exactly like we always need projects because you know <laughs> our lives aren't busy enough right now uh, <laughs> like everybody else listening to this podcast <laughs> um we also this one was kind of cool because you found this was a certified veterinary pain practitioner which i thought was really cool because it kind of goes back to you know we have the episode where we talk about pain management um being aware of pain in our patients and 
understanding how to have conversations with our doctors sometimes, or even the clients, you know, that can be difficult and having the training and the, you know, the education and the experience is really going to be huge. So getting, yeah. so this one, um, I thought this one was super sounds, cool. I've looked into this as well. <laughs> it sounds like it's similar to like a BTS. Um, yeah, no, this is cool though. Cause I've looked into it and I believe I heard Tasha McNerney say, I think, I think she has this and mm, I can definitely see that. Yeah. And I think she said, we don't know who Tasha McNerney is. Um, she's the veterinary anesthesia nerds chick. She's amazing. Yes, She is amazing. <laughs> I also strive to be like her as well, oh. <laughs> but I think, think she told me that this was almost harder to get than her vts like Ooh, i don't wow i don't know why either way i looked into this because i'm a huge fan of like just good pain management for patients and just mm -hmm. like knowing the science behind like what it's doing to the body and how it interacts differently with different pain medications like mm -hmm. i love that mm -hmm. um but yeah it sounds very similar it's an application cycle that closes every year so basically you would start your application december of some year and finish it in December of the next year. Hmm. Um, you'll have to submit the completed application, letter of good standing, two case studies, proof of completion of CE requirements and verification of their pain management skills. Um, Again, super similar to a VTS. Yep. And then you take an exam if they accept your application. <laughs> so Yes. And then that's also like kind of like the same thing. You get initials after your name if you complete something like that. Anything with like a major like application and exam process, you usually get extra initials. Right. Regular certifications where you're just going through a course and then you take an online like exam to complete it, like you get a certificate, but not necessarily like initials. Street cred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have our recover CPR courses. So mm. they offer, they offer a lot of different things. So they have basic and advanced life support and there's two modules that you can complete on. Well, that you're supposed to complete online before you can even do the in-person hmm. certifications. And then the in-person certifications are rescuer certifications and then a certified instructor. So the online race approved courses are eight and a half hours mm. of race support proof CE. Like, so I think like the basic is three hours and then the advanced life support is four and a half kind of thing. Interesting. Okay. No, that would be seven and a half. So <laughs> it must have to be four and four and a half. Um, and then you can go to a conference and learn how to become a like certified rescuer. Mm. And then you can also take a hands-on course to become a certified instructor where you can like travel around and sell your services to teach people recover CPR. Um, or just, this, you know, train the rest of the people in your practice. Yeah. Right. So that might be something or where around your area. Yeah. You can, cause understanding CPR and being good at CPR really is something that should be a priority at every practice. Yeah, because um, unfortunately, just because you're a small GP, that doesn't mean that you're exempt from critical situations happening. So someone needs to be able to feel comfortable with CPR. Um, and so the recovery, the nice thing about that is um, they're very standardized guidelines and there's a lot of research behind them. Um, 
and so having the certification can can definitely help yeah and the i know the recover cpr certification at least the online ones because i have that is good for two years before you have to recertify which i did just do that mm -hmm. and then they offer you like I mean, there's so many people who are recover certified and so you can become like part of the recover community. So that way you guys nice. like can discuss like, well, how are you training on this specific topic? Or like mm. if someone asks you a question and you don't know while you're training people, then you can kind of have people to reach out to. And Ken Yagi kind of drives is like the forefront for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I believe I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's definitely one of the main people for um recover cpr yeah so the next one is uh the fear free certification um this is something like if you remember bet tech kelsey when she came on to our podcast she really did talk about fear free um she's definitely you know she's definitely a big proponent for it yeah so for fear free um there's the, the online modules. It's nice because you can do it at your own pace um, and it just helps reduce the fear, anxiety, stress that can, you know, have our patients just escalate and become aggressive and, and that kind of thing. So it's all about minimizing that and getting patients to be more comfortable in the clinic yeah. um, and just leading to less injuries both for our patients and for us um yeah so that's why i like it because really nice. they like offer different like handling techniques for patients mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they'll use like a lot of things like the feel away spray or the is it adaptal spray and then like i think so and like training mechanisms of like just like using peanut butter and like most of our dog patients are gonna be food motivated see I, i've looked into this but unfortunately for fear free like they use like a lot of peanut butter and like cheese whiz and stuff like that and i can't i can't do that and i am and no a lot of my patients aren't eating definitely so can't we def so we can do ice cubes Woo. yeah <laughs> but even then they're not even eating that well or they're like very sick but i mean like so we definitely do pretty gentle handling techniques in mm -hmm. general mm -hmm. But we can't do the special tricks that Fear Free offers, like with like the peanut butter on the thing to place an IV catheter. I mean, yeah, I, have I feel comatose like patients that <laughs> I don't have to restrain and place a catheter in. That's true. I I haven't done the Fear Free training, but I think I've always kind of had more of a less is more with yeah, our patients. For sure. Um, and then in internal medicine, we see some of our patients so frequently, frequently, like some of our patients come in once a week for, for blood draws and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, I, I, we kind of talk about the fact that, you know, animals remember <laughs> if you are mean to them, if you're violent with them, they remember. And then the next time they're either scared or they're more aggressive. And so, we've had some of these patients that we're seeing once a week for blood draws, like PCVs or platelet counts or whatever it is, you know, and they were hospitalized and they were super aggressive in the hospital because we were poking them so frequently. Um, and then, you know, they come to our side and they, they're just revved up from all that experience. And we've seen that over the course of several visits, you know, by 
not being super aggressive with them by taking our time, by being slow, by not, you know, hurting them or stressing them out, they kind of come down a notch. Right. And, th- and that's the idea is you kind of deescalate their aggression or their fear or any of that. So it just, they don't wind up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. you know, because the wind up, we've all experienced it with animals where they just, they hit a switch. Like we always talk about kitty minutes. Yep. Know? So that's the idea is fear-free is, is you're not going to completely eliminate it, but you're going to not add to the situation, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm very excited to talk about this one because I was talking to my doctor about it the other day, but unfortunately where I live, like it's not something that we can really recommend yet. Like it's not, Mm. uh, it's not unfortunate legal in your state. Yeah. But it's like, no, it's not not legal in my state. It's not legal in either one of my States yet. Um, and it'll probably be legal in my home state before it's legal in my work state. So that's kind of a bummer. Anyway, it's, it's called a veterinary cannabis counselor. Um, and basically it's a certification in like that you can get in the veterinary industry because we all know that the cannabis industry is like growing rapidly. It's like Mm. just wildfire spreading from the West coast to the East coast. (laughs) Hey, don't be Um, blaming us. (laughs) It's a good blame. Are you saying Humboldt has spread some stuff? (laughs) I'm saying that I wish it would get over to the East coast a lot sooner Mm. than it is. Like the West coast is on top of like this wonderful, event of like being able to use cannabis to help with like patients and patient care and patient therapy. Yeah. I, uh, well, I mean, it, California was kind of slow on that though. Okay. Um, But you're still legal now and I'm not, well, we're legal to talk about it. Yeah. We're not legal to dispense or recommend it. Okay. But we Still can have a conversation. We <laughs> yeah, we're allowed to have a conversation. I believe as of j- either this January or last January, I can't remember. It was it was fairly recent that I, I think it had to have been last year um, that we were allowed to talk to clients about it. And because previously we'd have to be like, we can't recommend it, and we can't give you information. You know, right. <laughs> when you do the the grin, like, which is a um, shame though, too, because even if it is illegal, you should still be able to give information as to like yeah yes we can't recommend it right now but yeah see, all right so Colorado is where we are now <laughs> yeah that's that's where we are now with California is we're allowed to talk about it and discuss it but we can't yeah. prescribe it because it's still yeah. technically federally illegal like yes EA says it's still not a legal drug which I'm excited for this certification because I strongly feel that at some point it is going to be like na- nationally legal. I hope so because it's silly for it not to me. It's so silly. And it, and I'm like, there's so many studies out there proving that, it. right. But there's so many studies proving that it works. So anyway, mm-hmm. this certification basically allows you to like kind of create, help you create like a treatment plan and make recommendations as to like why it's good for your patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also allows you to go in and, talk to other practices too about like veterinary ethics and like just how to practice using 
cannabis. Mm. Um, again, unfortunately, it's not something I'm able to do right now. It's not something Yvonne's really able to do right now. But it's basically just a good way to get your foot in the door because, like I said, I know, I know it's going to become a thing. Like, I know it is. Yeah. I mean, and, it like, already would... is a thing. I mean, uh, pet owners are going to use it whether or yes. not we think it's – or not we think it's – whether or not we're allowed to legally – prescribe or talk about it so but think about like all the clients who are a little weary about it mm-hmm. who would appreciate to have that information from someone who's certified and trained in like exactly oh, what sure yeah cannabis can do for our pets like mm-hmm. they i looked at all these courses like they're awesome and like they basically go into detail about how cannabis works within the body and what exactly it does mm-hmm. and like the molecular breakdown of it and it's like it's fascinating mind mm-hmm. you the entire thing is six hundred and forty dollars, uh, which it's is awesome. Normal. But no, it's just not doable for me right now. <laughs> but again, like I think it'll still be several years before I would actually be able to utilize it, unfortunately. Yeah. But I still, it's something I, I'm trying to keep tabs on because, like, I want to get it before it is really legal in my state, just so I have that forefront to be like, finally. Let me talk to you about this. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's that. I mean, honestly, like professionally slash in, in a business sense, is a smart way to think about it. Is mm-hmm. you have this so that when it becomes legal, you're right there. So if that's something that you're interested in, that's a good idea. You know, you may not be able to use it right now, but you're investing in the future for you. Think though too, like so. Again, I can't vouch for these courses. I don't know exactly what they tell you and what you learn and as far as I could see, it's kind of the only one of its kind. So it's, mm-hmm. you got to kind of take it for what it is, but say you were to get the certification then you could kind of be on the forefront of veterinary medicine for your state to push for why it needs to become legal, mm-hmm. which would be amazing because, you know, I want to take over the world and <laughs> like, I want to have a huge voice in the veterinary community. Um, so it would be cool on the business professionalism, like, just growth of veterinary medicine to be one of those people who's like, yes, I know this information. This is why we should push for legalization of it. This is why we should push for it in veterinary medicine. Mm. But again, I'm, I don't know enough about these courses and I, I think it's the only one of its kind right now. And I don't, I don't, I mean, like, I still think it's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But moving, moving forward to, so I'm kind of getting into more obviously the like different side of veterinary medicine. That's not super common. Like everybody's heard of most of the certificates that we've already talked about, except for probably the cannabis one. Cause I do believe that's fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gotten a lot of emails for this veterinary forensic sciences. And this is the that degree. blows my mind. Yeah. Like, Cause it's a, it's a master's degree, right? Well, they have two different versions. You can either take just like a couple of the courses mm-hmm. and not get a specific degree um, or you can get a master's degree. And I do believe so. The information I'm going to read off about this now is from the University of Florida. I think if I remember correct, the University of Missouri is also doing something similar to this. Hmm. So it's one of those things that if, if you're interested in veterinary forensic science, then like kind of do your research, but I mean, UF's a creditable, uh, 
college and so is the university of Missouri. So like, right. And, exactly. and like I said, their, their degrees and, and, and just kind of online courses that you can take. Um, so basically it is working in the veterinary field, but like kind of with law enforcement and animal protection organizations. Uh, I want to say too, that I think the ASPCA also offered something along the lines of veterinary forensic sciences, just to deal with like animal abuse and neglect and just trying to be able to tell kind of like what happened. Um, the master's yeah. degree is comprised of five, three credit score requirements plus 15 elective credits. So it is like college. <laughs> it's real it's college real. people. It's a real master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the master's degree students may choose between a thesis and non-thesis option. I, that's above my pay grade. I don't, I can't go into any more detail about that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's well, when, when I, I know first that it's all heard online. about this, yeah. When I first heard about this, I was really intrigued because I thought I knew a couple of people who would potentially be really good at this. Yeah. And I looked into it and I was like, there is no way I could do it. I'd just be angry all the time. Yeah. And I'd probably have to um, murder someone, which would be really bad because... That would be really bad because then you'd have to have a human forensic scientist come right, in. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I just, I, you know, working in a working in a larger specialty practice, like we have our emergency room and I see cases come through for, with, with obvious neglect and abuse yes. and stuff like that. And it just, it like kills a little part of me. Well, just it's like that, seeing it's like it, that burnt I can't out. imagine. Yeah. It's like, it, I feel like it'd be easy to get burnt out doing something that can be so depressing, but you know, I mean, like it takes a special breed of person to be able to yeah. do that. Like, like our shelter medicine techs, like right? they're, which are, I believe they're trying to work on getting a VTS, if I remember hearing that correctly. God, that, would, that would make sense. It's very specialized. Um, but yeah, it's like our shelter medicine. Like those are probably the type of people who would be really good at like a forensic science thing. And you can move up and, and work with the ASPCA and work with like different yeah. organizations, work with police departments and stuff like that on animal abuse cases. Yeah. And I think it's... There's, there's definitely going to be a need for it in the future because I think there is, you know, just more spotlight on these situations. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's probably one of those that you don't go into lightheartedly, <laughs> you know, you you gotta be prepared for some pretty rough stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, but it is very interesting. And it's especially like interesting that now that they offer a degree that can really kind of drive your career. But again, like your veterinary technology degree, it sounds very um, kind of like a one track mm. lane. Can't really, I mean, I imagine you can maybe go to human forensics stuff. Yeah. If, if, Ew, if I don't know why you'd too want burnt to. out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you can also, so the part that I was talking about where you don't have to get the master's degree, you can get a graduate certificate. And um, hmm. basically that's only an option 
for people who work in forensic sciences and, in, and veterinary medicine, but it's comprised of five three credit score, three credit courses. Hmm. So you don't have to do all the other electives, basically. Um, you must earn a B or higher in order for credits to transfer towards a higher degree. So if you did want to get your master's degree later on, you could. Hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, like, so basically they list out who this program's for. So it's for practicing veterinarians, veterinary technicians, individuals involved in shelter medicine operations. Look, I even right. said that before I read it. <laughs> like, um, animal control officers, law enforcement officials, forensic investigators. And then basically what you can learn during this program is animal crime scene processing which mm. makes me sad to think about, but I know it's a thing. Um, yeah. You can learn the scientific and legal per, uh, principles of forensics evidence. So what you need to do in order to, for it to actually make it to court and be legit. Like if you actually want to do something and sue someone for animal negligence, <laughs> like mm. you need to know the Gotta steps that you need to take. and cross your T's. Dude, tell me about it. <sighs> and then cruelty to animals and interpersonal violence forensic, veterinary forensic medicine. These are all the things that you're going to kind of learn along with forensics um, entomology. Again, above my pay grade. I can't tell you any more details about these. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it's a, it's, it's a traditional university. So, yep. you know, whatever they're per unit per credit hour, right. You pay for that. And, and just like any university, there's, you have to look at their website to see how much it is per unit and yeah. kind of figure it Basically, out. Basically it looks like you're going to have to do, well, I guess I, I don't know. Maybe you have money to go to college again and not have to get financial aid, but it's not a couple hundred dollars like no, and, the rest of the certificates that we talked about. <laughs> like, and there are, there are some clinics that, you know, yeah, they offer tuition assistance. And so, you know, that's, something to kind of keep in mind too is if you know you do work in a clinic or a veterinary company right like some some company that's involved with animals (laughs) they may pay for one of these things whether it's a certification or a degree or something like that um so and i know we kind of touched on the bachelor's degree as well yep same um, thing. Basically, it's a four-year program compared to my two-year associate's degree program. Right. And yep. again, there's different tracks that you can take based on where you go. Some of them, I know I've looked at some and it is only like my credits would transfer and then I would just take all the business side. I didn't have an option to just do more like veterinary medicine. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at St. Petersburg. Um, yeah. That was actually the one I was taking my classes in. Um, and it was nice because, um, my stuff did transfer. I didn't have to do, I think I had to do like two general education courses, just basically like how to take an online course and you know, that kind of thing. But then they, it was nice because they had the clinical track, the business track, and then they had the combined clinical and business track Mm -hmm. that you could do. Um, and so, you know, it's getting your bachelor's degree definitely is another step that you can take. Um, and it's nice because the classes, you know, they build on what you learned when you yes. went to tech school. Um, and if you've got some, you know, some, some time under your belt, it's going to make way more sense <laughs> than when you were in tech school. Cause in tech school, you're just like, what the what? 
So yeah, exactly. Um, and know. the AVMA has a good, um, like I'll, I'll put the link, but mm. they have a good link to tell you like what accredited, um, programs there are. you can get your bachelor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we did. I did a lot of research for this episode. There's a lot to offer. Well, and um, there's there. We just touched on some of them, right? Like, I know. So what you know, you guys let us know of a specific one you know of that either you're gonna get, you you're going to get, or you've already gotten some certification or degree or whatever, um, and share it because. Let us know, you know, what, what are some of the cool things you guys have done and, or what are you planning on doing? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's your next step? Yes. Which leads into the question of the week. And now for the question of the week. So the question of the week this week is what is something that you are, you plan on pursuing within your veterinary career? Maybe yep. you've already do, done it. So you've planned it and accomplished it. Let us know. Um, or the if you plan step. on doing something like doing the fear free or doing um, your bachelor's degree or doing VTS, like, let us know. I want to, I want to see what everybody is. Or even pass your VTNE. Yes, exactly. Right? Cause it's I know a big that deal. there's some people that are, they're working on it now and good job for them. They're, well, that might, I know we have techs who listen, who, who were on the job train techs and then went to school and then mm-hmm. are working on their VTNE, which is great. Kudos to you because I am a firm believer in being a licensed veterinary technician. And if you're good at it, why not just get your license? Um, <laughs> so yep. uh, if that's something that you're working towards too, awesome, dude, tell us about it. I'm happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Legit. So other All than right. that, I think that wraps up this episode. There's a lot of information to take in, but please visit the show notes page because I will have the links to all of the stuff we talked about on our show notes page. And then you can also answer the question of the week on the show notes page and you can answer it on Facebook as well. Yep. Yeah. So check us out on Facebook, which is, you know, facebook.com slash internal medicine for vet text podcast. Um, go to the podcast group instead of just the internal medicine for vet text page. Um, we're not quite as active in the, on the page more so in the group, um, join the conversation there. Cause we're having some pretty amazing conversations there. Yes. Um, and then, you know, if you haven't joined our email list yet, um, definitely, you know, hop on there. Cause there's going to be some stuff coming down the pipeline that I promise are... you people, I promise you, you want to sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got some I, stuff guess... coming down that they're going to know about first. So. <laughs> I mean, if you like listening to us, please sign up for the newsletter because you definitely <laughs> want to be one of the first ones to hear about what we have going yes. on. I'm so yeah. excited. I can't wait till we can actually we, like, can we can te- tell you guys, can we tease a little bit since technically we put in stuff today? Is Do this want to jinx it? Can we be a tease right now? I don't think it's a jinx. I mean, okay. So here's, I'm going to say it cause Jordan's not saying it. Some of you guys may have seen the picture. So we submitted yep. our application to be race approved providers, which was approved, which is awesome. So we just submitted three different programs, which is Draw, very please. exciting. Yeah. We right? just submitted a bunch of programs to be race approved. And I can't tell you exactly what it is yet because again, we just submitted it today, but 
I'm telling Sign you. Sign up for the newsletter and we yeah. will let you guys know. Yeah, as soon as we know, our newsletter list will know because it's big. Because it's, it's happening. We're going to be race providers, which is so cool. I know. Which sounds funny, but race, race approved yes. CE. So if you guys want to have access to our race approved stuff, join the newsletter, please. <laughs> Not to mention, and you can email us directly from our newsletter. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, if you answer any of our newsletters or our emails we send you, we will answer. Yeah. Sometimes it gets lost, <laughs> but most of the times it doesn't. Um, Sometimes you get two replies because you get one from Yvonne and one from me. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, did you? T- oh, you answered. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we say the same thing most of the times. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yes, uh, please join and then let us know if you guys want to hear of anything specific. We definitely love getting everybody's input on what we are doing with our mm-hmm. future with IMFVT because we are excited, but we definitely want to know what you guys are excited about. Otherwise, it won't be as big as we're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, people will be like, eh, who cares? And we'll be like, yes, exactly. No. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate everything that you guys are doing for us. And then we will talk at you guys next week. All right, you guys stay safe out there in all the multitude of ways right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, make sure to continue learning and make sure to get your learn on. All right, guys. It was fun talking to you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.